Cambridge Insider Podcast time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another action-packed episode of Cambridge Insider Podcast. You know where to find us. We're on all the platforms, wherever you find and digest your daily podcasts. We hope we've become part of that weekly routine. These are 10 to 15-minute episodes. If you're in the industry, you need to be listening to this. It's giving you all the up-to-date information. It's helping you strategize. Um, and it's just giving you a platform to, to gain some insights. Um, as always, my co-host, Ms. Liana Glass, how are you? I'm doing great. I know I always start my week with the Cambridge Insider podcast, so I hope everyone else is too. Exactly. And if you're not, tell us why not. Drop us a line. Um, if there's something else specifically that you need insights to or you want us to share about, we're happy to do that. We're always happy to listen um, and hear from our listeners. Also, remember to like uh, and subscribe and to share the podcast uh, you know, with friends, family, other administrators, other teachers, anybody you think would find this useful. Uh, Liana Glass, you shared an awesome, awesome article with me earlier this week. Um, we were brainstorming a little bit and we thought this this is a really important topic. And I know it's something that you're really passionate about. Why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, the article? As always, we'll put it in the show notes. But, you know, I want to sort of allow you to give a little synopsis there. Definitely. So, yeah, as you said, this is a super important topic. We're talking about international students and mental health today. Um, so the reason this is coming to light today is because the pandemic has really put a mental health strain on international students. Um, and here at Cambridge Network and at, with our schools, we want students to have the best experience possible. And this is an important topic to cover, to understand, in order to give students a great experience here. Um, we're seeing in the field on my end, we can see students dealing with some loneliness, maybe some depression, maybe some anxiety. Not all students, but enough where it's important that we're aware of it and we know how to handle it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to kind of dive into some of the things this article talked about in how student or how schools can help and support students. Awesome. Um, awesome. I, right. I do want to ask off the bat, and you, you sort of mentioned that you said in the field we're seeing, you know, a lot of this loneliness, this depression and this anxiety. Um, are you seeing that in, P, in, in students that are in person or are you seeing that um, in, in, in students that are, are online and, and, and perhaps back in China, back in Vietnam, back in Korea? We're seeing it in both. I can speak to my experience, which is students here in the U.S. who maybe opted to do online learning. So they haven't been in person in school. They're not getting interaction with their peers or teachers I think students in China or in their home countries too could be dealing with some of this, but they've got the support of their natural families around them. They've got their friends. And I think their countries have opened up a little bit sooner than the U.S. has. They've probably gotten more socialization than our students here in the U.S. may have who opted to stay virtual. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you do think about it just globally, regardless of whether a student is is online, whether he's hybrid, whether he is in person, but it's a weird form of being in person with masks and with select students in class every single day. This is a an enormous part of a student's identity gets formed at high school specifically. And you sort of 
messing with that or we've taken that away or we've taken some of it, not taken away, but we've been forced to to change that a little bit. So just in that sense, we can imagine that students are, you know, struggling with some some mental health uh, concerns. And certainly, I think something that we've become very aware of at Cambridge Network, but something that we want to make our school partners very aware of. And I'm sure you are, but it is an important topic for us to discuss. Right. And especially because this article goes on to talk about how 70% of international students do come from Asian countries. And it's important to understand the context that culture plays in understanding and monitoring these mental health concerns. Historically, mental health isn't something that's really talked about in Asian culture. It can be considered taboo. It can be something that people more so hide rather than speak out about, can be seen as a weakness. Um, So it's really important that schools right off the bat educate students on how to look out for the warning signs of mental health issues such as depression or anxiety or, you know, anything that falls into those categories of concerning emotions that go beyond I'm feeling stressed or I'm feeling homesick, things that go beyond those measures that can get really serious. Um, And it's important for schools to make students aware and educate them on that stuff so that students know, okay, if I'm feeling this way, I can go to this person, I can go to this office um, and tell them I need support because they have the tools to recognize it in themselves. Okay, so it's about making that that education available to students. It's also about making resources available to be able to deal with once a student identifies I might not be exactly where I need to be. My first question that popped in my mind is if I'm a school official listening to you and you mentioned that sort of the cultural difference with regards to to mental health, specifically in Southeast Asia, with regards to how we perhaps view it in the West, how would schools approach that, knowing that there is this difference, knowing that students might not see it the same way? If I'm a school official, how do I deal with this? Are there resources? What should I be looking out for? Who do I go to to help me a little bit understand the cultural differences? Yeah, so the first thing that comes to mind to me is Cambridge Network. You know, we have wonderful resources to offer the school. Many of our student development managers and family education advisors who work directly with natural parents, natural families, are from Asia themselves, so they can absolutely speak to their own experience growing up in their own countries with parents who reinforced ideas about mental health that maybe they grew up with. And then when they came to the U.S. or to another country to study, they started to understand it in a different way. Um, So definitely, first and foremost, come to Cambridge Network and ask questions about what services we can offer you. Um, Another thing I would recommend to schools is to be prepared for this and have uh, cultural sensitivity training with your counselors that you have for students. Um, In our host family pools, we absolutely do cultural sensitivity training in our orientations at the beginning of the year. Um, And again, I would highlight with your new students at your schools, do an orientation to lay out the groundwork for what mental health looks like and should feel like for students and what supports are in place at your school so they know right away. Um, And this is important too, especially this year, because we have seen a rise in anti-Asian sentiments in our country, sadly, and it's not something we can ignore, ignore. It's something we need to address and talk about with students, give students a safe space to express themselves. 
Um, and just checking in with students, honestly, saying, hey, how are you doing? Goes yeah. such a far mm -hmm. way. Absolutely. And, and you know, it, it, it's sometimes a difficult thing to do because we I know our school officials are often wearing a thousand different hats, trying to do a thousand different things. That's just the nature of, you know, being in education sometimes. But it is such an important part of of what we do. Students are ultimately the reason any of us are here, be it, you know, us at Cambridge Network or you as a school partner. I do also want to point out that, you know, you might be listening to that and saying, oh, cultural sensitivity training, is that not, you know, do I have the resources? Do I have the time to do that? Most international populations make up 10 to 15 percent of a school uh, of a school as a whole. You know, that's a significant amount of students that we're talking about and a significant amount of students that don't necessarily have the regular support networks that our domestic kids have. They don't have mom and dad, brother, sister um, with them at home, best friends, a community that they've that they've grown up with that can support them through many of these challenges that they, challenges that they would face. So even more so, we should really be investing in making sure that we have uh, the, the, the cultural uh, insight that we need to be able to treat them and be able to be a resource for them, but also have those resources available. So Liana, let me ask you then, <clears throat> um, moving on from the cultural sensitivity side of things, what resources specifically, you've mentioned some of our great Cambridge resources that we have available. What resources should schools be looking at to provide to students that are in need? Yeah, so I would definitely emphasize again a mandatory mental health orientation for new students, but returning students could probably use it just as well. Um, creating some sort of orientation session just to introduce students to what they should be on the lookout for and to sort of start breaking the stigma that they might have around mental health. Um, every student should be connected with a counselor um, that they should be checking in with or a counselor should be checking in with them i would say at least every month just to check in say hey how are you doing um, and just making sure that students have tools and an action plan if they need it they know exactly who to reach out to who their counselor is um, they know exactly you know when they can go and see someone and that should be really anytime students should understand that whenever they need support, they have it. And that's what can be introduced in those mandatory mental health orientations. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Do, I do just there in that point, it's, it's so well put. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the communication between schools and Cambridge and host families plays such an important role here because it might not be the school or the school counselor that finds out about this or, or, or is alerted to something. It could be the host family. It could be Cambridge. It could be the school. And that sort of triangular type of communication line is so important to make sure that everybody is aware, make sure that everybody's on the same page, is able to support in the different facets of the student's life where they where they might be the touch point for that student. It is really important for us to communicate effectively. So again, we, we try and emphasize that from a from a Cambridge point of view, we might not always be perfect with it, but really keeping those communication lines open and being proactive with the communication. If you do see something, let's set up a virtual call at this stage, hopefully an in-person call come before, let's sit together, let's, let's, let's brainstorm and come up with some resources that we can provide to students. Absolutely, and when we've seen this pop up, working as a team is what is really necessary working as the student development manager with the host family with the school counselor to make sure that we are holistically providing the services that 
students are in need of. And even more so, uh, from, from my experience as an SDM, and you could potentially give a comment or two, yeah, but I found that the natural parents are a great resource in breaking down some of the barriers to mental health and, and mental health intervention. So initially, students might be a little bit, you know, completely taken off guard, might be against any type of intervention or seeing anybody or talking to anybody because it's such a cultural unknown to them. Um, part of our strategy is to help have our FEAs communicate with the parents, communicate the urgency, communicate the support that's needed. Once the parents are on, on board, they're easily able to convince often a student that, hey, this is for your best interest. We approve as your parents. You should really take, you know, make the most of these resources that are available to you. Right. And likely, you know, the school typically will have stricter protocol surrounding mental health um, issues or if there's any doubt that a student is okay you know the school typically has strict protocol to follow and when we can as the student development manager or family education advisor when we can take that information from the school and say hey this is what the school is suggesting that your student needs we can also help to break down those barriers surrounding mental health issues for the natural parents because they know this is the school's expertise. This is their professional evaluation of what support the student needs. Absolutely. I do just want to make one comment, Jan. I, I like to always bring it bring it back to, to sort of the recruitment side of things because that's an area of my speciality. But understanding that that one of the things that we say from a from a Cambridge side is that, you know, the, the greatest marketing tool and the greatest recruitment tool that you have is that excellent student experience, is making sure that every time a student interacts with the school they feel supported they feel that it's this amazing experience um, because that ultimately will give that word of mouth for more students and more agents and more families to be aware of your school as a brand this is exactly one of those opportunities that if a student is in need and you're able to support them as you should as you should any student in your school that it's an excellent advertisement for that for the type of caring nurturing uh, experience that it, that a student can have if they come to your program. So you know, schools don't just see this in 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 one one view. Although that's a very important view from from a mental health standpoint, but understanding that this has ramifications for you know your health of your program overall. Liana Gloss, any final thoughts? I know this is something, and I, I appreciate you bringing it to to you know to to the podcast. I know it's something that you have a lot of experience in. You're very very passionate about. Any final thoughts um, as we close this this podcast out today? Yeah, I think my final thoughts are really just that schools need to help students understand the warning signs of mental health issues and mental illness, um, give students the tools to understand exactly who they can talk to and where they can go if this happens, creating a plan with them, and education, 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 just starting from day one, breaking down um, the stigma around mental health and making students feel comfortable sharing and expressing themselves. And if you can do all those things, you're already getting ahead of any major mental health concerns that could pop up throughout the year. Once you set those blocks into motion, you know, you're already creating a safer place for students to maintain their health. And I think that's actually something so important to mention to students is your mental health is just as, as important as your physical health. Schools require gym class. Schools also need to be requiring the mental health maintenance of their students too. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're if, if you're mentally in a good place, very likely you're going to be succeeding at school. You're going to be doing a lot better. 
ultimately that's going to be good for the school it's going to be good for everybody involved so don't brush this aside understand that there are differences between our international population and our domestic population and again cambridge is a great resource we have amazing people like liana that work hand in hand with schools to make sure that they understand what is needed and where reach out if you need anything further from us any further insights we'll make sure that this um article great article is posted on our show notes and, and be sure to have a look there it's uh, it's really not well written um, i believe it's an interview with a, with a psychologist that gives a couple of tips and, and insights into what we should be doing as always liana thank you so much for co-hosting you're the expert now um <laughs> episode number yeah. 104 that we've done together you're the expert um, to all of our listeners as always we appreciate you and we will catch you around the next episode of the cambridge insider podcast bye, -bye everybody <laughs>